I think it is just too hard to not let the condition of being humans and what happens to us as humans block us from our connection with God. And I am so honored that the next speaker has such an amazing story to share. Um, the, you're just going to see how God just was there and how she had the strength to lean into him to completely change her human condition. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Giant Builders, welcome. I am so happy to have you here today. I really, really appreciate your time. And guess what? We now have sponsors for the Giant Builders. So that's like one step closer to what I want to be. The next step will be I want to create t-shirts with your face on it. So wouldn't that be so cool? Just have a, a picture with like your face in the Giant Builder position. Oh, I'm working on it. But, you know, it's all in, in God's time. So that's what we're going. So today's um, sponsor is one of my favorite eye creams. So... If there's a sponsor page, so go to thegiantbuilders.com, sponsor, sponsors is plural, and you will see that sponsor listed. So we are here, and today's guest, and, and we met, you know, I think I meet all my speakers on Facebook, and, and I think you listeners are going to think that I spend all of my time on Facebook, <laughs> but I really don't. I mean, it's only like, an hour a day, but I have some automatic things running that's, that makes it appear like I'm there too much, but I'm not really there that much. But anyway, so today's speaker is Lori, and Lori just has an amazing, not only story to share, just, but to me, it was just like an amazing lean on God. And I just felt this was so important to share with you. So, hey, Lori, how are you? doing great thank you so much for having me i'm i'm so thrilled to be here and i love uh your um organization what you're doing and uh, i'm just thrilled to be here so thank you well thank you well can you tell our listeners a little bit about you Absolutely. So my name is Lori Bober. I am a stroke survivor at age 29. So that's really where my journey started. Um, my original background is um, sales, marketing, and customer support. And I, I have a strong faith and I'm very thankful for that because um, God has brought me through um, many challenges, um, both um, stroke, um, epilepsy from the stroke. We went on and uh, part of my story is adoption. We went on and adopted three children post-stroke and uh, that came with blessings and challenges also. But then God threw me into an amazing journey of speaking and writing to uh, tell my story. Um, and uh, so uh, it's just been a journey and it's all about perspective. And he continues to teach me and um, grow me. And I strongly believe we all face challenges of many, many sizes. And it's all about what we're willing to do with it um, when when we're faced with these challenges. So thank you again for having me on. Well, thank you. You are, you are such a giant. I mean, <laughs> I am just like in awe 
with uh, all the things that God has used you with, I just, I feel, I feel so puny. Thank you. Well, you know, it, it, it's been a long journey and um, you know, I've read many, many books and there's many people that have helped shape uh, where I am today. And I really believe that um, when you're faced with challenges, and I think because I was faced with a challenge at a younger age, it, it shaped where I'm at. Um, for a long time, I persevered, um, and I'm grateful God gave me two very special traits prior to my stroke. One was perseverance, and one was the trait of a positive attitude, and that's carried me a long, long way, and I'm thankful for that. But with that perseverance, um, I missed vulnerability and I didn't um, know how to be vulnerable. So instead, um, I just persevered. And I thought, if I can just hurry and um, work really hard to get better, I will fit in with my peer group. Um, but I never really, I, I fit in and I, I found my way, but I never really um, achieved all my goals as much as I wanted, but I missed the vulnerability piece. And, and as I've grown older and mature, I realized that um, how much I missed with that vulnerability piece. So I'm, I'm kind of backtracking and I'm, I'm learning how key that is. Um, so for your listeners who may have be going through challenges or gone through challenges, I hope you'll learn from me because um, vulnerability is so important to connect others, to find a support system. And uh, someone taught me recently that um, to be vulnerable is also a blessing to others. And it gives them a chance to bless you. And I had never thought of it that way. But truly, you can't change the challenges you go through. I can't change my disability. And if someone's not going to like me or not going to support me um, or not going to understand me, I can't change that, um, but I can be vulnerable and I can share with others. And God has truly shown me that uh, I can use what I've gone through for a unique purpose. And um, not everybody can say they've gone through a challenge. Not everybody has your unique story, but you surely can use it for a purpose to help others. So um, that's where I'm at today. Oh, bless you. Oh. All right. Okay. Walk me through your journey. Okay. So you were in a coma for a long period of time after your stroke. I mean, I cannot imagine. I mean, my mind just like, just cannot imagine what you went through and how you tell me what went through your mind when you came awake. Sure. Sure. Well, back up a little bit um, okay. and tell your listeners and back you up through the story. So um, I was actually in um, corporate sales and marketing and customer support at the airlines. So that was my corporate job um, at Northwest Airlines. And it was in 2003. My husband and I both worked for the airlines. I was on the business side. He was in the aircraft maintenance side and uh, we worked opposite hours. So he he was second shift. I was first shift. So um, we always crossed in the night and our prime time was usually between midnight and one in the morning. And we were trying to start our family for about a year. And uh, that was not working so well, number one, because of our timing. And number two, it I, we were just under a lot of stress. I was doing quite a bit of traveling. Um, my uh, my key um, community that I supported at Northwest was the travel agent community. So did a lot of traveling and uh, I just felt like I needed to slow life down. I worked a part-time job at our church 
worked as the event coordinator and wedding coordinator. So the opportunity came about to um, take on the office manager position at our church. And I thought, well, that would be a great opportunity to slow life down a little bit, hopefully increase our family planning opportunities. And uh, I say now many times when I'm talking to others, um, our plans are our plans. God's plans are his plans. And you have to understand that many times when you're in the hard journey, um, you have to hold tight to God's plans because we don't know what his plans are sometimes. And that's where our blind faith comes in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took that job at the church and uh, thinking the plan was to start a family. And really the plan was to save my life because three weeks into that job is when I had my massive stroke. And uh, there's for your listeners that might not know about strokes, there's two types of strokes. One is the typical um, blood clot type stroke that we normally hear about. And about 85 to 87% of all strokes are caused by um, isomic strokes. and then 13, 15 to 13% of all strokes are caused by hemorrhagic strokes, which are um, brain bleeds. And that is the kind of stroke I had. And so mine was caused by a malformation of blood vessels on the right side of my brain. It was undetected, had no idea that I was a, basically a walking time bomb. Um, I'd always had uh, migraines and headaches, but back then, and they didn't do MRI, CT scans like they probably would do now. Um, and so I just didn't know. And that day, that particular day, it was a Friday. I didn't feel well. I had a really bad headache, sick to my stomach. Um, my left arm felt a little odd. But at my age, I just I just didn't know the signs. And I even called my husband. He's like, well, you probably did something working out the night before I worked out a lot. I thought I was healthy. Um, and I called my parents and they had actually moved from Texas about a year earlier to be closer to us because they knew we were trying to start our family and I'm an only child. And uh, they knew something was wrong. And so they came rushing over to the church. I saw my parents and it was probably within an hour um, that we called 911. Uh, and by then, my leg had gone numb. Um, so my arm was numb, my leg was numb, and we called 911. And within an hour, I was in the ambulance unconscious. And uh, so everything went very quickly. Um, emergency brain surgery to stop the brain bleed. So they determined once they got me to the hospital, it was a brain bleed. And I woke up 17 days later from that drug-induced coma, um, completely paralyzed on the left side at that point. And I am extremely lucky to be alive. I don't remember that in my day-to-day frustrations, but um, I do try and remember, you know, when I hear of others that don't make it and I remember the statistics, um, I do have to remember in all reality how lucky I am. And and uh, so I'm grateful um, God not only allowed me to survive, but he gave me the skills to thrive in this new normal. And that's truly what it becomes. Any challenge you go through, it just becomes a new normal. And, uh, um, I, you know, I have another new book that just came out. Um, it's called Girl, Get Your Life Back. And it's all about, you know, moving on. And and I I, I encourage your listeners, if you've gone through a challenge, it's it's perspective and it's choice. And it's, it's what are you going to do with what you've got left and, and to move on? So walk me through the process on how did you get yourself to get to that point where you you recognized your choices and you recognized your power to move on? 
Yes, yes. So it was a long journey. So um, when I first woke up, um, I I learned to sit up again, eventually stand, eventually walk, went home two months later, um, had a second brain surgery um, to remove the malformation, went home in a wheelchair. Um, we then moved to Arizona because two months after the hospital discharge, all this happened in Minnesota. Um, two months after hospital discharge, my husband lost his job. Um, it was um, soon after September 11th. And so in the aviation industry, that wasn't a great time for um, our country or aviation. So we found him another job in Arizona. And honestly, that was the best thing that ever happened. Um, again, it goes back to not our plans, God's plans, right? Um, and his journey, uh, my husband's journey for his career was wonderful for that move. And for my recovery, it was just phenomenal. Um, the heat in itself and being out of the ice and snow was wonderful, but I found a grand, um, uh, a, a grand, um, uh, a recovery facility here in Arizona, and it was brand new. I was one of their first patients, and I really um, threw myself into um, stroke recovery. Uh, six to eight hours a day, every single day. It was all about um, becoming more mobile, becoming more independent. Um, I was the very youngest, probably, um, attender of silver sneakers at the YMCA day in and day out. Um, but it really was for years, just what could I do to get better? And so I think having just that mindset of um, God really protected me for a very long time emotionally. I have to say, um, as I've aged, um, I've had trouble more emotionally over time than at the beginning. At the beginning, um, I think I was so concentrated on persevering and just exercising. And if I could just exercise enough, I will get better. That helped me a lot emotionally. Um, and then, like I said, we did go on in eight years post-stroke. We adopted three children um, from Columbia, South America. They were six, eight, and 10. And that was in a journey of blessings and challenges. Um, you know, any parenting journey is full of blessings and challenges and mm -hmm. adoption brings a whole new um, gamut of them. Um, we are now empty nesters. They've graduated. They've moved on. And, uh, you know, I do say now, um, looking back, there's um, areas of support that I, I did receive and there's areas of support that I needed that I didn't receive. And I think my perseverance and my positive attitude um, clouded some of the areas of support I probably did need. So if, if you have listeners that have gone through um, a physical challenge, I encourage you to um, look at what support you need and reach out because I I believe I I didn't reach out enough um, because um, I didn't think I needed it. But you know, grief comes unexpectedly for all of us on on whatever journey we're on, and I think the writing has really helped me process. Um, I didn't write much prior to becoming a writer. You would think I would have blogged or, um, you know, through the stroke, through the epilepsy, through the adoption. I wish I had. I think I would have processed a lot. And it wasn't until God said, no, it's time. You need to tell your story that I really became a writer. And I have really processed a lot and healed a lot, I believe, from writing. So I encourage um Anybody I talk to now, if you don't write, um, if nothing else, just write for yourself. It it helps you think. It helps you process. Um, and I think that's a, a tool that God gives each and every one of us to help um, just draw closer to him. Well, what kind of support do you wish you would have reached out for? 
Um, I wish I had um, possibly counseling. That's number one. Um, and, you know, it's hard to find a good counselor. It's hard to find a good counselor that you can mesh with. And I say many times uh, you, you, even friendships, um, you know, you find friends that don't understand and then you think, oh, that friend doesn't understand. And the same way with counselors, you know, you may try a counselor that doesn't understand. Keep trying, keep trying to find the support system you need until you find the right one. So I'd say professional help. And I find, I'd say friendship groups. Um, there there are so many, um, even uh, support groups online now. Um, there's stroke support groups. There's anxiety support groups. There's, I mean, there's so many support groups, even on Facebook. I mean, they're just everywhere. Um, so not to um, ever give up hope. I mean, there's no room for feeling alone, honestly, in this day and age, because there's so many groups out there that are willing to be there and connect with you. Um, you just have to take that first step to be willing to um, connect. And I think so many people get stuck because they just don't know where to go. And, uh, you know, it, it's hard it, it, it takes a lot of work and it's easy. Many times it's easier to just give up and get stuck than it is to put that next step forward. And I've been there and I understand. And even 20 years later, um, I understand how easy it is to get stuck. But you have to, you have to purposely um, keep going. And, you know, many people think um, joy and happiness is is an emotion and it's not it truly is especially when you go through tough challenges i find it's a choice it's a, a daily choice of whether you're going to be joyful whether you're going to be um happy whether you're going to be purposeful in what you're going to do and uh, so i encourage you if you've gone through a tough challenge to be purposeful about what your what your next step is yeah with all of the um negative aspects that are being reached out with internet and everything i could see where there would some really be some really good advantages to have some places where you connect like that yes yes and uh, i'm going to be doing a new blog up until now i've done just my family blog uh, but i am going to start a new blog for um adoption support, stroke support, because I do really uh, feel that um, for those of us that have been through challenges, it's important to reach out and express um, uh, what our experiences have been like so that other people can tap in, and especially those that are just starting their journey and really understand where we've been and what we've gone through so they don't feel alone. And uh, I tried so hard for so long just to blend in. Um, now I'm, I'm going to stand out. Um, you might've seen my Facebook post, but I just recently took on a service dog. Um, he just joined my family. Um, he's actually been in uh, training for six weeks in Sedona. Um, and he just rejoined my family this weekend. And so now he's back training with me at home. He's a, a German Shepherd mix. Uh, his name's Maverick. But um, I jokingly told my family, well, so much for blending in. I'm not going to blend in anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, support comes from all different levels. And I got Maverick because um, being out in the community, I need some extra stability support. Um, although I'm quite independent and quite stable, um, there are times that I don't feel um, stable when I'm out and I'm alone um, and I need, uh, you know, I, I'm vulnerable um, and I feel, you know, I feel vulnerable, especially in this day and age. Um, and so I think he's going to be 
um, even more just physical support. I think he's going to be an emotional support that I need. Um, and so I just encourage others, look outside the box, whatever support you need, there's no perfect solution for everybody. Um, but whether it's an individual support, whether it's group support, whether it's a service dog, um, whether it's a part-time job, um, whether it's writing, whether it's a blog, whether it's journaling, whatever you need to have your next best life. Um, the best thing to do, though, is not to try and compare yourself to your peers, because that's one thing that's hard. We all get in that comparison game. But you have to run your own race, and especially when you've gone through a hard challenge. Um, you can't run the race that many of your peers run. Um, so you just have to run your best life in your best race and the race that God wants you. You know, God has a plan for each and every one of us that's individualized for a purpose. So you got to hold tight to what his plan is for you and run that race. So you're recovering in process of the stroke and you decide to become a super mom too. So <laughs> decided to be mom. not a super mom, definitely, but definitely decided to be a mom and uh, Wait, you know, I in one of my books I've drafted it. One of the one of these days it will come to fruition was parenting with realistic expectations. Because mm. I tell you what, so many of us parent, and whether we're a biological parent or an adoptive parent, we go into it with this Pollyanna view. Mm. And both my husband and I were only children, so we went into this with a definitely not realistic expectations because we thought oh great we were lonely our entire life let's adopt a sibling group so that we can see you know because obviously we felt like we were alone being only children well mm -hmm. siblings are not what we thought siblings were once we adopted a sibling group we're like really this is what siblings are like <laughs> so so you know i i've learned so much about parenting and i've learned so much about parenting with expectations and i i think if we had had better realistic expectations you know maybe or maybe not we would have done things differently but now that i'm on the other side looking back i you know i think we all are in that same boat of, you know, as we mature looking oh, yeah. back, but yeah, we all think, Oh, I should have done that differently. Or, and I, and I try to prepare my daughter in loves with, you know, there's going to be mom guilt, you know, and you just need to know that you're doing wonderful. You know, I am so proud of you. I love you. If we can help you, you know, don't let the mom guilt drag you down. Yes. Yes. And I think that's why, you know, everybody says get through being a mom and then enjoy being a grandma right oh yeah yeah <laughs> that part's wonderful <laughs> yes yes, yes. <laughs> so your book is called choices tell me about the title yes yes oh i'm thrilled so that title definitely came from god truly did because i always said that i was going to write a book and i thought it would be about literally about my stroke and my recovery and i thought it would be about the different um you know, resources and, and, uh, uh, machines and, uh, and just everything that I used in my recovery. And, uh, I really started writing it, um, in the very end of the pandemic, um, when we were all kind of, um, shut down still. And my husband would come through at night and say, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I just decided it's time to write my book. And he'd be like, <laughs> really? Like, and he'd come through again that night, next night and said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just typing away, writing my book. He's like, 
seriously, that's really what you're doing. I'm like, yep. And he just chuckled and night after night, same thing, same conversation. And it took about six months of every night. That's what I did night after night. And, you know, I'm so honestly, I'm so grateful that at that point I knew nothing and it was so pure and so heartfelt, I believe in my writing that I just wrote from the heart. And I think um, it's taken me about a year now to, and I'm still working on this second um, solo book of a devotional and I'm stuck um, because uh, I know so much more and I've attended so many more conferences now and I have so many more connections and I'm so grateful for this new knowledge. However, I think sometimes when you have that extra knowledge and you have that um, do this and don't do that, it's so much harder. And when I wrote Choices, I knew nothing except for what God put in my heart to tell others um, based on what I went through. And uh, so that's what it came back, came down to. And I really felt like at the very end, it's all about choices and it's about um, and the name is choices. When you're faced with a challenge, what choice will you make? Because honestly, no matter what choice you're faced with, I know whatever challenge you're faced with big or small, we all have a choice. And, you know, we're all faced with choices. Mm-hmm. Life never turns out like any of us picture it would. And in the end, most of us, I think, get stuck because we have, we feel like we have no control. And I really feel like that's, that's ultimately what, what gets all of us as humans is our lack of control. And, but that's where the choice is. We always have some control over our choices. We don't have a choice a lot of times about the challenges that hit us, but we always have a choice of how we react to those circumstances. And that's where my purpose has come in. I finally realized I can't control how people react to me. I can't control my challenges. I can't control how quickly I'm bouncing back from um, the stroke. And when I started having the seizures um, and, and the seizures were caused because my brain started interacting with the scar tissue um, and um, everything from the stroke. And I, I think in many ways, um, the epilepsy was so much harder for me than the stroke because for the stroke, I kept thinking, well, if I just keep exercising enough um, and rehabbing enough, eventually I will regain some function. Um, and I did, it just didn't come back as quick as I had hoped and as full as I had hoped. But for the epilepsy, there's just no control. I mean, if you're going to have a seizure, you know, except for the medicine, you're just going to have a seizure. And so um, I learned so much, though, about our reaction. And I think that's where the choices come in. Um, No matter what you're going through, you always have a choice about how you can react to your circumstances. And that's just life in general. You know, no matter what we're going through, whether it's um, a challenge, whether it's how Um, we're dealing with our children, whether how we're dealing with our spouse or our boyfriend or our friends. Um, We always have a choice of how we react to our circumstances. So I'm just thrilled that God gave me that toy, uh, that title of choices, because I use it all the time and and how I speak. And I I use it all the time, how I just think about my own life. Yeah, that's great. And I think too, that um, I, I mean, I, I, I am in admiration for you as far as how you've made the choices and how you leaned on God and everything. And I, I think sometimes we, even in the choices concept, sometimes even when good things happen, we, we could make bad choices. And yeah. so, you know, it's like how people see us in the good and the bad. True. Um, True. 
And it's not like, oh, we should be worried about what other people think. Because to be quite you honest with you, I don't care what other people think about me. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but I do care about how God sees me. Oh, yeah. And that's the most important thing to me. So Absolutely. Absolutely. that's what matters to me. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's so, great. Wonderful. I'm out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> well, any closing thoughts? Um, you know, so you can find all my information on my website. Oh, we'll at- have all that link below. And you'll be in our new media page. Oh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. Um, along with choices, I do have three other books that are compilations. So um, you'll see all that probably also. Um, and you'll on my website, you'll see um, more of my story, my my kids, my journey. Um, and so, uh, you know, I just encourage you to hop on there. Um, I do have a monthly newsletter also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you will, if you subscribe to my monthly newsletter, uh, you get chapter one of choices um, as my complimentary gift uh, to you. So I encourage you to consider that. Um, and I just, I, you know, in today's age where we are so prone to social media, which is, is great. There's so many good parts about it. Um, I also encourage, um, you know, each and every one of us just to remember, though, um, who uh, who our true person is um, being God um, that. Uh, we should be trying to please, who's always there for us. Um, and I think so many times we turn to social media, we turn to our friends, we turn to our phones um, for that instant gratification. And then a lot of times, even after we do that, we still feel lonely. And we just need to remember, um, you know, God's our creator. He's the one with the ultimate plan. And even when we don't understand and we don't even feel that instant gratification, we need to hold on to him and we need to um, turn to his word um, before we turn to everything else that we're turning to. Yeah, so true. So, well, we will have your links below. And I tell you okay. what we can do. All right, Giant Builders, leave a comment on the YouTube recording of this and I'll have that in the link in the description if you're on the podcast part and we're going to give away one of Lori's books free okay so somebody can win a free copy of choices if you tell me below what God told you about this episode so I'm looking forward to giving away a book so yeah Lori thank you so much I so appreciate your story and you know what I think it takes a very brave person to share personal stories like this, but yet it can impact so many people. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you again for having me on. I appreciate it very much. So, all right, Giant Builders, all the links below, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.